Welcome, my name is Alexander Asvarich, and this is La Ponderie, a podcast exploring the cultural and creative scene in the city of Paris. You're listening to season two, and I can already promise you this is going to be a good one. I've had the privilege to talk to some genuinely exceptional people, and hopefully by the time you've listened to all of these upcoming episodes, you should have an even stronger belief in why good quality matters. Enjoy. My guest this week is Belgian bespoke brand strategist and entrepreneur Jean-Baptiste Rousseau. Jean-Baptiste and I talk about his years in the bespoke business, working for legendary brands such as Corthay and La Fab Cadet. We also talk about why he believes it is important for an artisan to focus on a single product and why this belief eventually led him to start Lutece, a brand devoted to the manufacturing of couture-level casual wear for men. And uh, we are recording. And I'm here in the beautiful atelier of uh, Jean-Baptiste uh, of Lutece. And um, you've just showed me around your collection and uh, it's beautiful and very unique, I think, for uh, you know, what uh, is currently being offered on the, uh, let's say, the couture, bespoke, made to measure, made to order market. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm very excited for you to, to talk more about you know, your exactly what it is that you value and why it is that you actually went into this uh, uh, business. Um, it's hello, hello, and thank you very much uh, yeah, for having well, me, really. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure, and uh, yeah, once again, thank you. Maybe as a little bit of an introduction, I'm sure some of the listeners uh, know about the brand and know about you, um, but um, if you could give a sort of a brief introduction of, uh, you said that you're originally from Belgium. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up here? And uh, yeah. Yes, it's a good question. So actually I'm, um, so I'm originally from Belgium, but it has been 10 years now that I've been uh, in Paris. I've been living in Paris. Um, well, I, um, no, I had, um, I was studying, uh, I mean, I finished study uh, a law in uh, Belgium. That's, sorry to interrupt, that's very common with a lot of the guys that I talk to who's mostly French. It's like, I studied law and then I figured out that it was not for me. And yes. then, I bec- then I wanted to do something with clothing. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I, still, I still finish. Uh, it was important for me not to finish. But yes, uh, meanwhile, I was doing it. I was um, thinking about different things. And uh, yes, actually, uh, I, I got passionate about uh, craftsmanship and... Uh, I hesitated between, you know, Italy and France, and uh, because it's really a human uh, business, mm. so I think it was important to understand clearly the culture and uh, the language, you know, to really be be good at it. And so uh, it was more France, and uh, and uh, because France is pr- pretty centralized, uh, Paris, of course, was an obvious choice. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I, I had a, it's a funny story. I, you know, I came. Um, i came with uh, only a resume, a train ticket, and I say, okay, I want either it's going to be working for Arnis or for Pierre Cortet. And if it doesn't work, I go back to Belgium and it's all it's over. It's the beginning of every good story. Exactly. You know, a one-way ticket somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I went there, uh, you know, in Belgium, they're like, 
what are you doing? Who are those guys? And you know, so I and I went there and I first uh, uh, tried to uh, first asked to uh, Pierre Corte, and uh, and it and it worked out. So it was very nice. So, Excellent first so time around. So it started exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so and from there, uh, you know, I was really introduced uh, uh, to all this uh, bespoke uh, culture and very high uh, craftsmanship, and uh, you know, from there. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I did some different experiences, you know, uh, Corte, then you had uh, Bottega Veneta, which is a very, very nice brand. Mm -hmm. And then um, because of different experiences I had from either working in the atelier, at the headquarter, uh, in sales, uh, managing people. So I really had this uh, 360 vision yeah. of the, of, of, you know, this uh, landscape. Uh, menswear and uh, craft, uh, artisanal, uh, high artisanal um, landscape. And so uh, I was very lucky to have this opportunity to, you know, direct afterwards uh, uh, the Bespoke Glove Maker Lava Cadet, mm, which excellent. is, yeah. you know, fantastic uh, atelier, unbelievable atelier. And, so. and also, also an uh, uh, artisan that has really sort of had a so, sort of a has been reintroduced to a lot of new customers, I think. Yes. Because, yes. like, if you go a few years back, I think they had, you know, just the atelier and their shop in Paris. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think they made for a lot of, like, Hermes and, like, a lot of the high-end brands, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, now you see them, uh, a, a, a lot of places is the same with um, Simone Godard, the handkerchiefs, which is also such a mythical uh, mm -hmm. atelier. But, you know, like, people really... Uh, Love to hear those stories, and and you know you see it more than more and more around the small shops in Paris and stuff. So it's, it's I, I suppose you were part of that maybe. I, I was I, I was always very um, interested in the uh, essential values of things. Mm. So uh, uh, it's it's a little bit of a paradox because I think uh, so I'm 35 now, but I think all my generation was uh, you know in the 90s and early 2000s. It was all about uh, branding, very lot yeah. of logos, logos, logos. So even skateboarding and everything. Very I really loved all this. But um, yeah, no way. Yeah. And the point is that probably there was a reaction to this by saying, okay, no more logos, just uh, going to the essential, to the intrinsic uh, values of mm. things. So this is probably a kind of a reaction and move towards something that is looks unbranded yet yeah. super recognizable. I mean, it's like uh, Corte shoes. You you don't have a red sole like Louboutin, yeah. but when you see a pair of uh, Arca Derby, you, you you just recognize it. Exactly. So. And I, th I think for me, it's also, um, if we talk about logos, it's something that tends to cloud your judgment when you're looking at a, at a, at a garment. Mm -hmm. You know, if you see um, Pierre Cardin, for instance, or if you see Saint Laurent, or if you see Louis Vuitton, mm -hmm. you, you look at those garments and you think, ah, they must be great quality because it's from these makers and the price is, is a high price and, and things. And, and, then, and then the quality might not be great. And on the other hand, Sometimes you look at brands and you see a logo and you're like, I don't know this logo, that can't be great clothing. But then, you know, when you look at the seams, you look at the details, you're like, okay, this is actually a great garment. Exactly. And so who, at the end of the day, you shouldn't really care. Mm -hmm. Unless I think, you know, if you're some like one like you or some of the other artisans that we mentioned, 
even though you don't have a big logo on the chest of the jacket, you know if it's from that artisan, the quality is of, of a certain standard. Mm -hmm. And as you say as well, it's it's even though it's much more subtle, you don't have a logo, but the, the style of the clothing or the cut of the jacket or the silhouette of the shoe is still recognizable. And that is, is just a much more sophisticated way of having a logo, basically, right? Of, of enjoying uh, things. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's yes, focusing on the, on the end result. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, um, I think lo logos, uh, I mean, logos or brands, it's good to, to have kind of a markup. But uh, the interesting thing, I think, is to realize that um, uh, every brand is uh, it's like humans. They are living. They have some good times or bad times. So sometimes mm. a logo can be good for yeah. a certain period of time. Sure. And then it's almost like wine or, or yeah. things like that. So uh, I think it's, for me, it's more like um, professional uh, uh, Sport, uh, uh, athlete, athlete. Yeah, like an athlete. You know, yeah. You, you, it, it's better Ups and to, downs. Exactly. Yeah. It's nice to have certain people at some point, <laughs> not in other points. You know. Yeah. So I think yes, this is important for people to consider, and also sometimes you need to be very critical because we, we if we think about uh, vintage clothing, sometimes people are also looking for logos. Mm -hmm. I mean, they say they are not looking for logos, but uh, they are looking for brands of a quality, so yeah, no, it's, true. It, it, it's. I think it's interesting because it's uh, it's never ending. You quality is uh, looking for quality, and is uh, is you you never know everything because no. you would need to know exactly. This is also something I really love when um, uh, when you work in ateliers, is to understand when you are there, who is working there. And you know, this this is this way you can really understand. You know, there's always a part of luck, but mm. the point is, who is going to make your shoes or sew your jacket and, and everything? And if they had a good day, if the fabric was yeah. good, if everything, it, it need you have so many details that. Uh, for me, for me, that idea of like the relationship with either the person who runs the brand or the person who makes the garments is is. Uh, I think it's very important. And I think it's somehow also uh, something that's becoming increasingly important for people. Mm -hmm. um, when I talk to uh, Roman from Adentis Clippe, like th that idea of, of going into a shop and talking to the owner of the brand and talking to a guy who's directly involved with the making and you know, really getting to know that person and through, you know, if you place a few orders, you know, he gets to know his clients much better, what his style is. Maybe he prefers to have a little bit uh, a little bit more room in his jacket and another guy wants to have a little bit more of a nipped waist. And, and for me, that relationship is something that, um, because we've been talking a lot about like, we see a lot of clothing stores closer in Paris because people prefer to shop on the internet for convenience and, and, and so on and so forth where I feel like that uh, idea of having something custom that's made for you by someone, a person that you know, can never be replaced by the internet. So, so for me, that's, even though it's very, and very old fashioned idea, for me, it's, it should be the future, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and, and, and it, you know, it's much more meaningful. Like it really creates a, a big value in a way that uh, 
it's not just a, a thing you bought in a shop. It's something that's made by someone you know that might even be your friend, right? So it's... Uh, it's true. And uh, it's like... Uh, today, uh, w what you're buying is like everything, every purchase is a militant choice. Mm. So when you, when you buy something, when you purchase something, you're, you're sending the message, please continue. Yeah. So maybe it's better to, you know, go to some places. And this is why I'm very, very happy with each order is, is very nice because it's encouraging. People say, this is good or yes, th this should continue. Mm. Please, uh, please continue, you know. So this is very interesting. And um, I think uh, uh, also some brands that are struggling now, they, they should take that into consideration. Maybe think, okay, why are we relevant? Uh, why, why does it work or why does, doesn't it work, you know? Mm. So, why people are betting on you or not betting on you. So I think, yes. Yeah, exactly. That's, 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 uh, yeah, that's an interesting sort of aspect to look into for sure. Um, but if we should talk a little bit about the garments, um, as, as I said quickly in the introduction, you have a, a quite unique uh, position in the market of making very, very high-end couture casual wear, as you would, as you would t uh, say it yourself. Uh, how come that you thought that uh, that that would be the way for you to go down rather than you know set, starting a traditional tailoring uh, bespoke tailoring shop or uh, make uh, continuing to make uh, bespoke gloves or shoes and so on? It's true, um, actually, uh, because I ha have been involving in um, in the bespoke world for like. Uh, uh, 10 years now, so from the shoes to the gloves, mm -hmm. uh, I always was thinking about, um, you know, the, the clients and the artisan, but like really uh, a, a, a bespoke customer, he can get everything done bespoke, but, uh, you know, from the hats, you know, to the shoes, to the gloves, but really about casual wear, uh, the, the options for men, you know, it's either going for bespoke, like we tailor, but it looks a bit formal to me. Mm. And, uh, but anyway, some, you know, it depends of your lifestyle. Huh? So, so it can suit for some people. Otherwise, you have a vintage uh, solution, which is nice, but not everybody wants to buy vintage. And then you have also uh, sportswear, yeah, ready to wear. And... Sportswear, ready to wear, uh, fashion, yes, fashion, mm. but sometimes you don't like the taste. Sportswear, sometimes not that um, elegant and formal enough for your lifestyle. So I felt what would be the highest quality possible. So enjoying the bespoke uh, artisanal part of uh, the process, but applied to casual jackets, because for me, I believe that Casual jackets is really it's kind of the suit of tomorrow. You know, mm. I think it's. Uh, uh, but you have a lot of different projects. Huh? But so this was one way to focus. I also believed it was. It is very important to focus on one thing. You know, so when uh, you know it, it is all. It all started for me. You know, I really love shoes, uh, men's shoes, and uh, I say who's the best. You know, just Pierre Corté in the back in the days. You know. For, for me, it's like uh, Olga Berluti, Pierre Porte, <laughs> Gazzone Girling, then Yoe Fukuda, and then we'll see who's next. But, uh, and uh, so I want to be specialized in casual jackets, you know. So, like I was for uh, Lavab Cadet, it's like the best of the best for the gloves. Yeah. 
And um, so it started from this thing. So finding the good solution um, for, for men, for the men to have the best quality possible for casual jackets. And then on the aesthetic uh, part, I felt it was important to have this, um, uh, you know, it was also a, a experience I had for 10 years is the fact that when I was going to Pitti Uomo, I felt it was, uh, in terms of a classic style, uh, Italian style was very clear, very distinctive. British style was also very distinctive, American style as well. And I felt that maybe something could be done for, you know, adding a little bit of uh, diversity into the styles to really adding kind of a new palette, style palette to, mm. to work with it, you know. So this is why, yes, I, I, I would say that uh, we do like uh, casual jackets, but uh, with French classic aesthetic and with couture quality. Yeah. Yes. Great. And I think for, uh, it's also, I think it's, it's, it's a great time because some of those places where a, a gentleman would go for a more like a high quality casual piece, uh, here in Paris, is doesn't really exist no more. Like they used to go to Arnis. Now you can, well, you can get Arnis bespoke still in the Baluti store, but but the ready-to-wear brand doesn't exist anymore. Or you could go to Old England, which doesn't exist anymore either. So, uh, and I guess there's like Good Life, and there's a few other options, but still, like the major places doesn't exist no more. So I, I guess it's a it's a good time because some of those places doesn't exist no more, and it's a good time also because I guess the younger generation are looking for this sort of garment at a you know in a, in a made with a very high level of, of craftsmanship. Yes, yes, it's um, yes. I, I hope I hope it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, when it was launched was just before a global pandemic, so but didn't know about it. But uh, interesting part is that. Um, Actually, it accelerated the the trends, you know. So, and uh, we, we we came back to some fundamentals. So, about uh, transparency, about uh, local production, about uh, really high quality, you know, uh, value, mm. uh, pri price and value. And um, so, I think yes, it, it's very important. And uh, of course, uh, you mentioned the shops uh, like Arnis uh, or Sulka or Old England, very nice shops. Um, yes, it would be nice if. Uh, there would be more places like yeah. this. <laughs> would be nice. So, but uh, because it's um, it's like uh, we are a very independent, you know. Mm. So we are very small uh, for for the moment. But uh, yes, so starting small, but starting uh, well. But is it um, is it the point for you to stay in this uh, lane, or do you do you think that you would potentially, you know, in the years to come, develop uh, adding? Uh, it would make sense with a casual trouser or something like that as well? Yes, so the, the fact is that, uh, uh, so there are two ideas. I think that the, the main idea is important to, the main idea is really important to be the best in your discipline. So mm. first, and it's already a huge challenge, is trying to offer the best casual jackets possible mm. on the planet, you know, really. So, and take all the all what it needs to go for it so i work with the best modelists in paris like the best of the best that work with haute couture with tailoring i work with a super super atelier that work also for the best uh, pattern so pattern is important fabrics are important make is important um, this is why we tr we sell uh, direct to consumer to try to lower the cost you yeah. know to 
So we, we don't make much money, just try to keep it as reasonable as possible. But as you say, style-wise, um, I really have a strong vision of what I would like to offer and what I think would be nice. So, and also it goes well with uh, the client's uh, feedback. So, for example, they say, um, I really like your jacket, but with how, how would you wear it? You know, what, what trousers should I get? What uh, shirt or, or roll neck or everything? So I think first it's really to establish, you know, the brand as a casual jacket specialist. But after, and uh, I can not help it because I, I'm really like that. When I focus on one topic, I like to go all, all mm -hmm. the way for the best, you know. So yeah. for example, we did some little accessories uh, Uh, so uh, we, we did some pocket knives, for example, oh, that, yeah, are, yeah. that are yeah. handmade in, in Aveyron, like fantastic, it's like the ori kind of original shape of the Laguiole, but it yeah. was, was too mainstream. So, you know, you've got the Damascus blade and everything. And, and also, I, I think part of the vision, so behind the silhouette, of course, jacket, maybe trousers, and we'll see for the rest, but first really doing good job with the jackets, but it's also kind of a a vision, a new proposition also for the men. So trying to go outside the combo of a big cigar, big whiskey, big cars, and uh, trying to have another take on it. So I, I really like the pocket knife because like every man is like a little boy, you know, they yeah. wants to have their, their little knife, their, their um, lighter, yeah. like nice lighter and everything. And I felt it was nice because pocket knives I mean for For me, it's like going to picnic. It's like sharing things mm. with others. It's like a, it's like a tool. It's like yeah. very the most primary tool you can have on in mankind. It's like yeah, a tool, you know. And at the same time, it's extremely refined. So I I love this this way of uh, and it's the same for the jacket. It's like having the good part of the of the quality, but without you know the risk of. Uh, being posh or arrogant or snob, I, I, you know, it's nice to be. But I, th I think it's, mm. it's, it makes complete sense as you mentioned this uh, about the pocket knife because for me, when you see your jackets, as you say, you know, even if you might be uh, a man, a wealthy man working in the corporate world or something, if you were to go to uh, the suburbs of France and have a picnic with your family, this is the kind of clothing you would wear. And then you would have your pocket knife to cut your charcuterie or whatever, or maybe you'll take it uh, hunt, hunting for mushrooms or something like that, right? Which I think is um, it's a it's a great uh, way to sort of incorporate some sort of more fundamental values into the brand, you know, about family, about you know, uh, sharing moments together and stuff like that, uh, which completely translate into your clothing as well. So yeah, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. Thank you. It's, it's like, and, and uh, I also like to, for me, it's all about how you treat a subject, you know, mm. and it's always like that. So for example, you can say, oh, knives, it's violent, it's aggressive, but how about sharing? How about it as a tool, you know? But it's, it's the same for every topic, literally every topic. Mm. There are no bad topics. Maybe there are bad treatment of a topic, but there are no bad topics. So... And same goes with the inspiration, you know, you can work where jacket can be connoted in a good way or bad way, and, and same for a sailor's jacket or flight uh, flight jacket. Mm -hmm. But uh, as you mentioned just before, uh, yes, uh, it, it was important for me to have 
like a relevant jacket. For me, it was the most important is relevant. So, for example, yes, such jackets, because our lifestyle evolved so much that, for example, in one single day or single week, you can travel, take care of your family, go to work, and you don't have always the time to change. And I think it's, uh, it's nice to have this kind of versatile uh, uh, jackets to you know to to go with you all, all day long you know mm. and all night long mm. and 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 as this, like one thing is the jacket in itself i think the design is also um very it can it can be become very versatile depending on what kind of fabric you use mm-hmm. as you say so you have the uh, the three ply fresco but you also have a melton and it's it's the same jacket but like all of a sudden the occasion uh, of where to use it would be ve- would be kind of different you know so it's um, which is something that I also thought about um, I told you a little bit about the, the project that I'm uh, trying to start and for me it was very important to uh, even though because it's custom people can come in and they can uh, obviously there's a great deal of, of customization but what I want to offer them initially is what I think is the most versatile, right? So f- for me, it would be um, a, a double-breasted jacket with uh, jetted pockets without flaps, because for that, you know, uh, you, you can make that in a linen or a tweed, but it could also be a tuxedo. But it, the fabric obviously defines it completely, but the, the, the design of the jacket is essentially still the same. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 and I think, it, it, that's an important point to make because uh, I think a lot of people think of garments like you, the ones that you are making or the ones that I'm eventually going to make to be very expensive uh, because they think that they need 10 suits or 10 overshirts. Where I'm like, no, no, you need the right ones. You need, maybe you need to have two formal suits, two casual suits, and that's really it. And, uh, and, and then it's not longer that much more expensive because also you think of the longevity and the quality of the garment, it would last longer. And, um, and, and I think that's, that's a point that, uh, that, that people, for whatever reason, don't really talk that much about. It's like the versatility of the garment itself and how many different fabrics it can be made in. It's true, it's, um, I, think, I think you you should do the job of, of your client, you need to think for him, spend time thinking, finding the solution for him, you know, work on the best, best solution for him. And the point is, for example, if, if somebody comes to Lutes, the only, he should only, I mean, the, the, the most difficult part would be only the, the budget, but the point all the rest should be taken care of, you know, take care of. So normally he should find the, um, we will discuss about the fabric, but the point is that normally all the rest is 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 thought and worked on already. So he should not uh, be scared about the quality issue, about the service, about the fit. All this should be, you know, should be taken care of here. You know, so he should only focus if if it's the right time. You know, to invest in a piece, and that's it. If you have to focus on the colors, on the style, on the aesthetic. It's a lot of time, and I think uh, this is also something I like. Uh, it should not only be about closing, you know, life. Mm. The point is to make life easy for everybody, you know. So it's same with food. 
you want good food, you trust somebody, he's a like, very good artisan, he, he makes good products, you should only care if you can or cannot afford it for the mm. time being. And uh, I think this should be the only issue, you know, if you have to test everything, then... Uh, but the, 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 I, the idea of the trust, from a kind's point of view, putting in the trust in the artisan, I think is, is great because um, I think if you're new to the idea of ordering custom clothing, a lot of people is intrigued by the idea that they can customize, essentially, right? And um, obviously there's an element in that, but also I think the difference between going to someone like you and someone who produces, uh, you know, low, lower quality made-to-measure or made-to-order garments is that you have, you have put the time into the development because you have the knowledge that your client does not have. So you have spent, as you said, as you told me before, you've spent years on perfecting this style to be as versatile, as well-made. You found the right uh, partners in terms of the fabric you use and all of this. So I think, you know, as you say, as a client, it's important also to be like, I know that this is going to be good. There's no real reason to question it, you know? And obviously, as you say, then there's a, there's a point of preference in terms of color, in terms of fabric, but you have, uh, you have options there. So that, that should be more than enough to satisfy that curiosity, I guess. It's true. And uh, also, I think um, it's, it's in, now I focus more and more, I think, on the, on the perspective, on the projection. This is also something important that you may like or not like, you know, Lutece, but it's um, it's interesting to see w why you know you are looking for this or this or why you, you need to know at what you are looking for and then you will find the right makers to do it or not you know so uh, I think it's very important because you, you have a lot of good options but uh, it really depends what is your lifestyle what do you want you know and um, it's uh, you, we evolve a mm. lot, but some people, you are, everybody's tending towards something. They've got aspiration. And if you understand well the aspiration, then you know if you are in the right place or not, you know. If you, for example, if you, you know, you want to really shine and stand out in, in a very obvious way, maybe Lutes is not for you, you know, because it's, it's more understated, it's a little bit more brainy brand, you know, intellectual brand, but at the same time is very uh, focused to be suited for very, very good connoisseur and at the same time for, you know, something very classic and uh, uh, um, under, easily understandable, you know, so mm. I think it's important. And one last thing also very important is, for example, when I look at things, uh, when I consider different projects, I always think it's very important to, to look at the um, the the path of of the founder you know what what he did before what's his background because when you see you know the career or the path of the the guy you can see you know a little have a better idea of what the end result would be or the current project would be so i think and in this era of uh, transparency and information i think it's it's it we are living here in a it's more easy. It's more risky for people that are cheating and everything, but it's, uh, it's very interesting to, you know, understand the founder, 
you know, and, and his background, so you have a better idea of of what he's telling you. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, and 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 um, I, I agree one hundred percent. Is is um, but again, it goes back to that kind of like the personal relationship in a way is that you know the story, you know uh, where that person is coming from, and I think that's also something that even for people who is not necessarily uh, uh, tailoring or custom clothing enthusiasts, they are starting to become more aware of, as you say, transparency. And uh, you see it a lot in also, like you look at Sarah, H&M, and they're starting to do big campaigns to show how transparent and how sustainably uh, conscious they are. And obviously it's, that's bullshit because it's such a huge company that, that they will never be sustainable, right? Uh, whereas, and that is bringing me back to the point of like uh, that I think the future is going to be more like what we did in the past. And that's the same in terms of, of if you say, the sustainability factor is actually uh, looking at, at, at garments and buying garments which might be produced locally, might use a limited amount of fabric. You know, it's a, a, a cuddling fabric instead of use, buying big bunches of fabric. Um, and also, as you say, made to order, so you don't have it, you don't have any stock, you know, just lying around waiting to be sold during a sale or something like that. It's 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 uh, every time a client wants a garment, you make a garment, and then that idea, and you and you are proud of saying that it's made in France or even made in Paris, and uh, rather than saying no, no, it's good quality, you know, and uh, we don't talk about where it's made. And, uh, and, and so it's like that honesty, I think, it's, uh, it's going to be much in, uh, more and more appreciated by the general customer as we go along, I think. It's true. And it's true. I think the, the um, people should focus, should, should ask, the, the difficult part is asking the right question. Mm. So, for example, traceability, for me... Uh, if you can trace it back to the sweatshop, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's traceable, but the, the point is not there, you know. So yeah, yeah. Th this is, and uh, yes, it is the same about local made or not. So it, it needs to be relevant. So for example, if, if uh, Lutece is about French classic and French style, it should be made in France, I believe. So because yeah. you can, of course, you can make, uh, you know, you have a, uh, yeah, I always tell the same, but it's like um, I can go to Alain Ducasse, ask for a hot dog. Mm. I think it will taste probably very good. But yeah. <laughs> if I want a hot dog, I don't know. I go, I, I'm, I don't know that much, uh, you know, but I will go to New York Yankee Stadium and ask for a hot dog and enjoy yeah. it over, over there in that situation. I think it makes more sense, you know. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's exactly true. I had a similar conversation with one of my previous guests, Hans Greger, who's an Australian chef, but who's been working in Paris for many years. And, uh, and we were talking about that whole idea of like, um, something that can be elevated but doesn't necessarily have to be elevated like a cheeseburger or a pizza or whatever it, it, it's, it's the simplicity is sometimes the greatest and also as you say the origin and I'm like you can get a pretty good pizza in Paris but for me like there's something special eating a pizza in Naples because it's the history it's the origins it's all of this so 
as I said, it, it completely makes sense that you decided to make your clothing in, in, in France. Uh, but, but about the clothing, so you have made to order, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, the garments that I've seen here, but you also have couture, which is made in an atelier here in Paris? Uh, actually, so um, everything is made to order. Mm. So we have one quality. So it's very important for me. It's just one quality you order. Made to order or couture is going to be same quality. Okay. It's just the service that will be different, you know. Because from experience, again, uh, I, sometimes I realize, especially in glove making, uh, glove, yes, bespoke gloves, sometimes I, I felt bad for uh, clients because in terms of fit, they had a ready-to-wear fit. Mm. They had very beautiful hands and they didn't need to have a particular pattern in terms of fit, you know. Mm. So, of course, they, but they pay the extra cost of development of a pattern uh, about, you know, particular uh, fit. And yet, we, we discovered that it's a size seven and a half, for yeah, example. Yeah, okay, so, okay. And I, I think that a lot of the uh, made-to-measure and some made-to-order business uh, uh, put... Uh, spend the money on, on the pattern making, on, on, on the size, sorry, not on the pattern making, on, on the sizing, you know, on the pieces. And I think it's better to, because most, most of us can go into ready-to-wear sizes, you know, this is why it was created, you know. Mm. So it's better to put the, the investment into the fabric and the make and the patterns instead of that type of sizing, because the point is that you have a lot of people today wearing uh, made-to-order in that sense uh, that are, uh, you know, with not that good fabric and not that good make because it was made to their measure. You mm. know? So this is something I want to avoid. So the, all the development and pattern making is done in, in Paris, but the production is made in a couture atelier uh, in, uh, in Normandy. Ah, okay. It's, they are very good uh, in that area for all couture uh, make. They are very good. I, uh, I went to a factory in Normandy actually once that produces uh, most of the tweed jackets for Chanel. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. I don't remember their name now. Oh, uh, you, you have a lot of factories. Yeah. You have a lot. Uh, and but, Chanel has a lot of ateliers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it, it, was, it was a very similar experience looking at that because it's um, essentially it's a it's pretty simple garment. Like mm -hmm. you don't, you like you don't have. It's on canvas. You don't have all of the the details that you would have of a tailored garment. But you can see a lot of the development has gone into the pattern mm -hmm. because it hangs beautifully. And even though it's a simple garment, the things that matters is well made very well. And I also think for for someone like you, where it's a, a casual piece, fit even though the pattern should be great. Uh, fit is less important than in tailoring. Uh, so it may, and, and also I, I, I guess it's very individual because some guy might want to wear his things a little bit more oversized mm -hmm. or some guy wants his th things fitted where in, in tailoring you have a, 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 a more sort of set parameter of like what fit should be, you know? You're, you're absolutely right. And um, so to, yes, to, to follow what you're saying is that um, so everything is made to demand. You can either uh, choose the, the fabric and then we do uh, ready-to-wear 
size of one of our models, but you can choose the fabric. So it's, you can choose a little bit, but it's ready to wear sizing. Mm. Although if you are in Paris here, it's easy for me to make the sleeve length and the jacket length. So, but I mean, it's part of the service. It, it's nice to hear, but yeah. you know, this is what we, we promise. And then, as you say, and we can go after on, on the couture make, uh, the point is that because we, we use couture techniques and we want to promote couture savoir-faire, but for men, uh, it was very important for me to offer that possibility and that experience to clients, this unique experience. So, uh, and, um, so, for example, the couture offer, which is more expensive also, although I told you quality is the same, it's just that we take like very good measurements to make a toile, you know, mm. kind of canvas, fitting canvas, to see if the silhouette is right. Because as you say, and this is also something very French, French focus on principle, not on rules, you know. It's, it's the philosophy is very different. So this is why also for a casual uh, garment, but beyond that, like couture, it's about the global look, it's about the principle, you know, it's not about the millimeters there, millimeters there, it's really about the global uh, point of view, you know, and um, it's, it's very interesting because it has an impact into the make, so this is why you have this canvas where you have the global silhouette, and then we do the final garment with final adjustment. So it looks a little bit like bespoke, but it's very different mm. approach, you know. So this is why I prefer call it couture, because it is couture. Yeah. And uh, yes. And uh, yes, I think this, as you say, casual, it's a mix of uh, French culture and casual as well. So you're right that, uh, I mean, I believe the same, that casual should be less strict than formal wear, so it's not about millimeters, it's not about, you know, having this uh, a very clinical approach on the garment, also because formal wear, in that sense, is a little bit more rigid, a little bit more structured, so it needs that. But I felt it also interesting that couture and th this French philosophy, which is more about principle, and you see that everywhere, so, for example, I was thinking about that, but it's like, so people complain about French crossing the street, you know, without going, you know. But it's, it's about the principle when you think about it. Mm -hmm. like, there are no cars, if yeah. it's safe, I cross, you <laughs> yeah, know. Exactly, you know yeah. it's, the, the, it's, it's, a, it's another chain of value. But this chain of value, you know, was very good in, you know, some darker times when they ask you to follow some rules and, mm. you know, and the uh, French, they say, no, it's, it's against our principle. Yeah, no, it's a very so, French thing to be kind of a, you know, I make my own decisions. Uh, yes, yeah. but, but for the good way, you know, so because, you know, rules and laws in the past, you know, and sometimes today are not always very good on the principles. Mm. So I think this is very nice to explore that approach about, sticking with the principles and uh, it gives you freedom mm. and it's the same with the make so for example it's not rules about everything should be handmade everything needs to be handmade you know and it's more like the principle it should to, it should be made the best way the cleanest way possible and this is why in couture it's about part of handwork and part of highest technology possible with the best sewing machine with the best uh, tools possible so it's not as rigid. It's mm. about the principle of achieving the best product possible. Yeah. No, and I, obviously, being, being here in Paris, I think 
not only is it is it relevant for the kind of garment you're making, but the whole idea of like men's couture, I think, is 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 uh, you know is very much a Parisian thing, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, in, in something that you could uh, take advantage for. And I think it's it's uh, it's something I guess you could see. Um, custom clothing kind of moving into that direction a little bit more because I also, when I talked to uh, Vincent Smith, he also referred to his service as couture because it's much more, again, as a, a consultation rather than just like a, a service. And, um, and, and, yeah, and, I, and I think especially for, for, for this type of garments, that's a little bit uh, more contemporary. That uh, approach, I think, is, is, is great. I think uh, could, could you have a good good uh, upside and downside about using the term couture. I think uh, the some people now you hear more and more talking about couture because they like this idea of high quality connotation of high quality mm. and perfection about couture, which is true. And at the same time, it has a, not a positive uh, image uh, amongst men because it sounds very feminine, yeah. feminine. So it's like uh, you know they don't like it. Uh, so I think that, uh, but of course, Vincent Smith is is, is fantastic, uh, really fantastic person, and masters both couture and tailoring. And exactly, yeah. the real point is that I think today they are starting to get some mistakes, um, confusing modern tailoring and couture. And I mm. believe those are two different savoir-faire. But and and I think it's also an issue, as you say that the terms are getting diluted, you know. Uh, couture is one, bespoke is another one that a lot of people don't really know what means, but a lot, even a lot of ready-to-wear brands say, oh, bespoke or whatever, you know. Exactly. And I even found a ready-to-wear brand the other day that was called bespoke. Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, that's the exact opposite of what you're doing. Exactly. But you still call it, and another term is handmade. Yes. Because all clothes, is to an extent handmade, of course, but it's not exactly what we mean. You know, when we say handmade garments, is because the majority of the garment is stitched by hand and not fed through a machine, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think that there is a need. Um, uh, but this is also part of the Lutes approach: is to to offer a clear. Uh, I mean, it's a personal approach, but it's offering a clear vision on what couture is. Mm. And this is, you know, if it needs more and more, uh, if, if I had more time, I would write articles, you know, about it and explain more precisely. But, you know, the fact that, for example, just saying that couture is rooted in French culture, you know, like modern tailoring is rooted in uh, Anglo-Saxon culture mm. with, of course, an Italian history as well. But, you know, already it's a bit different. Uh, couture is about principle and not rules. Yeah. So and all the make is different. You know, it's not about measuring, taking measurements. It's about, you know, it's a different. It's approach. a more creative process, I would say, where tailoring has always been kind of burdened by the rules. You know, if you look at if you look at some of the traditional makers, they won't consider doing things different because they were taught in a certain way, and when they were taught, people was very. Uh, you know, tough on them. It's like, no, no, this is the way to, to have it done and, uh, and, and there's, there's no other way to do it. Um, and that's also why I think, you know, that fusion of couture or let's say fashion, uh, the approach of fashion or couture and tailoring 
is very rarely seen. Uh, there's one particular guy, uh, uh, English guy, um, is, I think his name on Instagram is like Hot Needles and Threads or something like that. And he has started, he's starting a new brand and he's done a whole YouTube series on how to make a jacket where he was like, uh, I want to have the whole idea of tailoring to be more transparent. Whereas like if you go to someone like Edward Sexton or whatever, like, like no, 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 you can't come in here because this is all secret, mm -hmm. uh, which also has his charm. But he, he, he's also like looking at the making of a jacket from a point of view more of like an engineer mm -hmm. and be like, Okay, so I see physically what's going on when you're making this jacket, but we can do it in a different way, maybe even a better way. And I think that's also a little similar to what uh, Vincent Smith is doing because is, is, he's, he's kind of approaching it with a, an unburdened mind, you know, like with a, a fresh mind where it's like, yeah, no, but I come from this world where we do things like this. Uh, and um, so why don't we try and change things a bit, right? Oh, I think... Uh... You know, I told you about diversity at first, mm. but uh, it needs to be fair play. So I think it's, uh, I think modern tailoring is a very nice culture that should be maintained in, mm. in their way, absolutely. Uh, I think, of course, you have bridges, but you need to keep the essential and yeah. know where, where, what's your culture, what are your roots. And um, this is also something uh, interested, interesting uh, in my researchers is that Every uh, savoir-faire and culture came with uh, in a certain uh, period of time with certain lifestyle, you know. And so, for example, uh, this is also why maybe a kind of a French style can become relevant again mm. is because uh, when you think about it, you look at 200 years, you know, last 200 years, you see that, uh, you know, like... A, Uh, the, the, the main culture, uh, main countries and culture of the time, they came with their uh, wardrobe, you know. Mm. So, uh, you know, during the uh, Napoleon era, you, everybody spoke French and, and was dressed uh, à la française, you know. And after you had, uh, you know, British Empire and then they were wearing a, a, a frac and mm -hmm. then modern suit and then uh, after Second World War, T-shirt, uh, denim, you know, from America and so on. And I think, uh, like, when you look at it, the the the, the modern suit, you know, from uh, from uh, England, is was a time where you had um, uh, had a, a big switch about uh, lifestyle. So, for example, you had the transportation that developed a lot. So, for example, trains, uh, boats, airplanes, and so and also about work, it was less physical and more administrative, you know, mm. for some, uh, not for everybody, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, no. And the point is that the, the, the suit of the time, because suit is a generic term, actually, you know, when you go to Metropolitan Museum in New York, you see Abbey à la Française, it's called a suit, because it was mm. the suit of that time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah. the, we, you know, so uh, the, the point is that uh, maybe the suit today, because it was designed for a more st static lifestyle because you were seated in your transportation, you were seated at work, uh, whereas the um, French habit just before was a clothing where you need to be functional because you had horseback riding mm. and at the same time you had very official, very important appointments, so you need to be very chic. So you, the fact that 200 years ago, uh, like French people developed a solution to go to be chic while going at work 
by horse. Yeah. Today, people are wondering how can I go by walk with a bike. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. So yeah. all the cuts and everything, you know, this type of dynamic lifestyle comes a little bit back. So maybe it has some resonance. True. And yeah. so I think this is why it's very important too. But this is why I think you've got solution in every culture. I mean, I like that. Uh, I don't know, like a British invented like. A, Uh, a jacket to play tennis, you know, <laughs> and it needs to be comfortable as yeah. well for yeah, the purpose. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I like. I think, I think a mistake, uh, I think the, the, you know, I, I'm going to lose some people here, so I'm sorry. No problem. Uh, but um, I think one of the common mistakes, for example, for the French was in the past, they, they wanted to look like, you know, others, you know, they want to look like uh, Americans or, or uh, English or Italians. And I think, Everybody is relevant in, in their own way. So I think it's better to cultivate this type of approach so we have more possibilities than only everybody follows one trend. And now, uh, yesterday it was Italian and then British and then American, and then French, and then maybe again it would be something different. But I think it's nice. So this is why I like uh, every possibility. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, but and I think... Uh, with the uh, rise of social media and Instagram as well, uh, people can be influenced from all over the world. Of course. So I think we're going to see a much greater sort of uh, uh, personalization of uh, of different things. And you know, uh, to to use myself an example, you know, like I'm I'm wearing American shoes, uh, British trousers, French jacket, uh, and and and, and f so it's it's just what I like, you know. And I think. Uh, Especially when we're talking custom clothing, I think that idea of individual individuality mm -hmm. is uh, is very important, and I think it's uh, it means a lot to a lot of people. So rather than, I think as as soon as you start getting clothes made for you, you kind of leave that whole kind of uh, tribal uh, mentality behind. You know, where as you said, you mentioned skateboarding uh, briefly. Like when I grew up, you know, then all of a sudden I thought skateboarding was cool. Well, then you've got to have to dress in the right branch. You're going to have the right board. You're going to hang out with the right people. And all of this is the same with punk. It's the same with uh, in the 70s and 60s with the hippies. Uh, and and I think you're seeing less and less of that now, which I think is uh, it, it is going to make it more difficult to define exactly what's uh, 2000, 2010s, 2020s are about. But on the other hand, you're going to see much more individuality, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. um, But um, just to finish, we have a bit of time, but one thing that I would like to talk to you about briefly as well is uh, besides doing Lutez, uh, you have a business where you advise uh, people in sort of the same sector, bespoke, custom clothing or custom anything, I guess. And uh, which I think is so interesting because it's uh, obviously you see in a time like we live in now, you have quite a few specialized consultants around doing their thing but uh, bespoke and custom is, is is still a very very niche thing so uh, how how come you got into that was it just because of you your 10 years of experience that you thought you could uh, advise people on, on that subject yes uh, be, uh, so besides Lutes, uh, yes I, I also have this activity of consulting which is called uh, styles and crafts And also, it's, 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 um, yes, it's about the fact that I realized that uh, a lot of craftsmen had a lot of potential, but they 
don't know how to reach or to be understood by their clients that are now everywhere in the world that needs a different type of introduction to them. And so, yes, the whole point was to, because it, it's always about promoting, you know, promoting positive and qualitative people, you know, in this world and trying to bring together people that should meet each other, like clients and craftsmen, they should, they should mm. meet. And, uh, and at least it's also trying to make a little bit of, um, of justice also, trying yeah. to, to, to show that there are a lot of good people on, on this planet that uh, have a lot of uh, uh, qualities. And so, yes, the point is to, um, to, and so this is one thing, is trying to bring them together and help craftsmen that should uh, survive help them survive or help them develop because you have different stages, you know, of artisans. You have people that begin, you have people that are in the middle, you have people that are struggling. And on the same, on the other side also, uh, yes, of course, because it's been 10 years now, I've seen things, I've had a lot of experiences and a lot with a lot, lot of different people. And I also want, you know, for me, like, Lutes is the best casual jackets you can, you can, in my opinion, you know, it's one of the best casual jacket that you can find on the planet, but I would like to do that with consulting as well. I've mm. seen so many crooks, you know, uh, in, in this business. You, you have a lot of uh, fake consultants, a lot of people that uh, are making, uh, are doing, are making their clients do mistakes, you know, are not telling them the truth. So I also wanted to, to be that guy that is very discreet as it should in the high-end sector and try to uh, find those uh, find solutions for all of them so it can be shoemakers can be tailors it can be luxury brands but everybody has some uh, uh, restraints that they need to fight to really reach their audience you know mm. and uh, yes because i've seen too many bad consultants. I was thinking, could be nice to have one nice. good consultant, <laughs> no, and, but, uh, and, and, and it should be shared. And it should be shared. Yeah. It's not. I, I don't want to keep all my secrets for myself. If you know, I had to find all the solution for Lavapcade and then all the solution for Lites and for other projects. So why not, you know, sharing them in a smart way to the good people, you know? So. Yeah, I think uh, that's one of the negative with the whole Instagram culture is that it's a lot of guys who all of a sudden is. Uh, menswear consultants and the only thing they've really done is like taking pictures of themselves at pity and then you know they use that to go out and get uh, bespoke chiffonelli on discount or whatever you know and as I say that, that's not very genuine <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think you've seen some really great examples of like uh, especially in Italy actually uh, or in, in France as well with with these very old uh, like like the older bespoke makers who have been serving their clients for years and years but like you know a lot of those older guys they are disappearing that you know they're dying and maybe their sons and daughters are, are not that interested in it and you see like a brand like uh, Stefano Bema for instance that was like you know a tiny little shop and, and a lot of people didn't really know about it and then all of a sudden you know they got the right administration and they learned how to promote themselves and now they are they're doing great and uh, so it 
And I, it's the same as I told you off mic when, when I started my first company, I think we did beautiful garments, but nobody knew about it. So then it doesn't matter, you know? And uh, at the end of the day, if you're making uh, garments at that level, it's expensive to produce and the fabrics is expensive. It takes a lot of time. So uh, you need to sell stuff to survive, you know? Uh, and yeah. It's a mix of the two. And, um, but this is also, For me, as, as you say, it, it's, um, it's about getting really the right solution and see, being very honest about things. You know, for example, you mentioned this or this atelier, and for me, you have a difference between uh, a so-called consultant and then a real insider, you know, and real insider, they don't have the same information as uh, like a classic consultant. You can say, oh, I've been doing a traineeship at Hermes, now I'm a consultant, and people would buy The, the logo or the brand, you know, mm. but they don't know nothing about, you know, and at the same time, some people ask me, uh, what do you think about this or this uh, atelier now, they've been purchased or everything, you know, you give the three phone calls to get inside the kitchen, you know, who is doing really the stuff, who is in there, who is, and you know, because it, it's a small world and it's nice to know, and then you can have, you have a better vision mm. about, and you have to see the track record, it's the same, that's why, For me, it was very important to have a, a good track record. So you can say, okay, maybe he's talking about uh, quality stuff, but how, how, who is this guy? <laughs> I say, okay, uh, Corte Shoes in the year uh, 2010, it was like the, the best shoemaker ever, you know. Uh, and then you have Lava Cadets, like the best clubs you know, on, on the planet as well. So I hope that it makes sense. You know, this is why it's important to have this perspective on things and you're right mm. because but this is another discussion but uh, as you say people uh, you can be misled by the gimmicks so you can re replicate you know the the few gimmicks of very talented artisans and then you sell only the gimmick on an object and this is hurting a lot mm. the 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 community you know and this is what we see a lot and also I think The um, last thing with consultancy is helping people navigate with themselves or with the environment. Because in our environment, you've got economic students, you've got people that are very rich and are bored, and so they buy companies mm -hmm. so they can play with it. And you know, it's, it sounds stupid and a bit harsh, but it's interesting to have a clear vision of what of the landscape so you can better act, uh, you know, accordingly. So mm. This is. What I, I try to do, you know, is give this this perspective that that is very rare. Well, when you think about it, it's very rare. Yeah, and um, but I, but I, I do think it's it's a it's a great time because I when you look at at the uh, the different shops and and makers that are in Paris, uh, one example that I I, I think about. Uh, which is a clear, clear example of how you can mismanage a great brand is, is Malto. Mm. I think, you know, you look at how great that brand was back in the day and, you know, how beautiful that tailoring was. And, uh, and then you see, you know, some of the ready to wear and you see them trying to relaunch the brand with like an aesthetic that's more looks like uh, what Riccardo Cicci did at, uh, at Givenchy, where I'm like, ah, man, it's, 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 such a, it's so wrong. And it's it's you're gonna keep spending money on this, and 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 at, at the end of the day, it's uh, 
it's, 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 I don't know if it's going to close or not, but it would be a pity if it did because it's, um, and you've seen too many of those great brands, if it's uh, Claude Rousseau or Henri Urban or Gabriel Gonzalez or like all of those that's either been bought up by one of the bigger brands or just like vanished. And, uh, and they all had a very sort of unique perspective on what they were doing. Exactly. See, this is, this is the point, this understanding understanding the dynamics and this is why I was talking about athletes this is I see everything a little bit like that you know so I see brands and teams it's more about teams mm. teams on the rise or going down you know and when you know more and more about people because you know you meet a lot of people you know, from Italy from England from Japan from, from everywhere in the world When you see the teams, when you see th their vision, if you have good understanding, you can you can almost predict who is going up and who will go down. You know, and this is this was also a lot of um, pleasure and still a pleasure for me to gather, for example, around Lutes because I apply my own medicine. Mm. <laughs> also, they say, "Who are you? You know, Jean Baptiste, you are not a craftsman." You are not from here. You, are, you, are, you know, who are you? Who do you think you are? But I just, from a little bit of my perspective, I'm just, you know, saying some stuff. Um, and um, so this is why I apply all my advices also to myself to show mm. apparently seems to work. But, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, yeah. but it's, you know, it's for that project, but it's nice to have that with a lot because I can get excited with everything, you know, but It is, you, you know, from the start also, who is, um, you know, you only go for the win to a certain, mm. certain example. So you, uh, maybe I only attract certain type of companies or people or, of, or talents, you know. So I don't know if that makes sense. But, yeah, no, uh, totally, uh, <laughs> completely. Uh, to finish off, uh, one thing that I would like you to share, if, if you like, is we're sitting here in your atelier in the 7th arrondissement of Paris and it's a gorgeous space. I apologize if there's a little bit of echo, but it's a, it's a, big, it's a big space. Uh, and um, and you, you recently moved here, but as I said, it's a big space. So what, like, uh, how, are you gonna, how are you gonna use this space in the future? Are you gonna have some in-house production? What, what's next? So, uh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, yes, the, the idea, um, You know, it's it's all part of the vision of Lutes. It's mm. really rethinking, uh, rethinking uh, style, menswear, uh, uh, products, and so it was important for me to have to break a little bit the rules and stick on the principles yes, and, said, uh, yes. <laughs> and and think differently. So actually, uh, I believe that uh, the people that uh, love Lutes, they love uh, great food, they love great place, and I thought it was very important to keep this artistic and, and fresh uh, uh, environment, you know, uh, to the clients and to the visitors. So we are, we used to be last year in an art gallery, a very nice uh, art gallery that used also to curate uh, very good craftsmen, craft, craftsmen, sorry. And, um, and so this year we moved to this uh, uh, kind of a showroom uh, atelier, you know, it's uh, near the Eiffel Tower, so it's a fantastic uh, area, mm -hmm. and uh, the, the place is very beautiful because it needs, you know, to, to send a good message about uh, 
uh, what we like in terms of aesthetic and vibes and also the same is not going to be this kind of crushing luxury vibe it's going to be more natural more more elegant i hope and and, and smooth you know uh, uh, way of uh, talking about clothes and buying clothes and make you know some order so i think that's important because especially for Younger guys, uh, I also mentioned this to Vincent, this like I think a lot of the traditional bespoke houses in in Paris is very intimidating mm -hmm. for people, even if they have the money to buy mm -hmm. it, is that you enter these palatial buildings and you're like, oh Jesus, I almost need to be like a royalty to buy clothing here. Mm -hmm. Where something like this, which is beautiful, but more casual in vibe, I think, uh, it, it goes great hand in hand with your garments, but also I think for for the younger generation, it's nice just to be able to walk in for a chat and see mm -hmm. the clothing and uh, exactly um, yeah. And maybe the only thing I do apologize for is that it's uh, by appointment. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, well. because uh, it's still a very very small operation. It's only uh, I mean it's a it's a big team, but in terms it's. Um, it's uh, my wife now and I, we, we are uh, working on this. And so, you know, it's difficult to organize everything and run all day long a store, you know. So this is why uh, also I, I'm sorry to ask that it's by appointment. So That's can fine. Organize. And I think it also do add an exclusivity. Like, But I think everyone, you know, can obviously make an appointment and it's not that big of a deal. But at the same time, obviously, you can't have people r running here all the time. So it's uh, that makes sense. Um, great, so I think uh, we are slowly running out of tape, so to speak, uh, but uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time, and I can't wait to see the further development of the brand. I think that you have a, a great foundation. Ah, thank you very much. So yes, we'll do very soon the, um, a new website, and uh, you, know, always, you can always contact us. You know, Excellent. Looking thank forward you very to much. it. Thank, thank you so you. much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about Sean Baptiste's work, you can check him out on Instagram at Lutes underscore official or his other profile, Styles and Crafts. As always, you can find all necessary information in the description below. Our music is by composer Thomas Ross Fitzsimmons. He's based in London and produces fantastic music for TV and film. If you want to follow his career, go to Instagram and check him out at TRF Composer. Till next time, take care.